That's like really the theme of this episode. Turns out it's not as exciting <laughs> not as that it exciting. sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Paige. And I'm Megan. And this is Spooky Science Sisters. Hello, spooky people, and welcome to episode three of Spooky Science Sisters. Uh, I'm Megan, and I'm here, as always, with Paige. Uh, And this week, we are going to be talking about UFOs, which are unidentified flying objects. Um, Yeah, but first... We're going to um, start our show off like we always do, which is with something spooky. Uh, so, Paige, uh, what happened to you in the past couple of weeks that was spooky since we recorded last? Uh, so, as everybody knows, I'm already convinced that where I'm living is haunted. Um, <laughs> based off of my something spooky from our last episode. But this one has me sold. I mean, there's no questions asked. Uh, We are absolutely haunted here. (laughs) Uh, So I was actually driving home from work the other day and I got a call that uh, there was a yoga mat in our living room and like the window was open, but it wasn't a very windy day. Um, There weren't any pets in the room. Nobody was like over by the yoga mat. Uh, but all of a sudden, the yoga mat, just like the corner of it, kind of raised up and flipped itself over. And like oh I said, God. nobody was touching it. And like the window that was open was, it was like on the opposite side. So like had it, had it been windy, like it likely would have flipped it the other direction or like pushed it the other way. It certainly wouldn't have lifted it the way that it did. <laughs> so something lifted a yoga mat in our hot home and flipped it over, but it wasn't a human. So <laughs> I don't know. You have absolutely <laughs> awakened something there. <laughs> like start looking for ancient burial grounds or like, I don't know, that they dug up a cemetery to build the place or something because something is definitely happening. And yeah. I've been told that if anything else happens here, I'm no longer allowed to record this <laughs> podcast <laughs> under this roof. So. so the next time we record, it's possible that it'll just be like you. <laughs> a lot. It'll either just be me or you'll hear like a lot of background noise because Paige will be like camped out in a bar or something. <laughs> 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 that is. Yeah. Well, and I so I already knew about this because you like immediately texted me a photo um, (laughs) of the yoga mat after this happened uh yeah that is freaky like the knocking from two weeks ago and then now this yoga mat uh what i know i'm like kind of terrified to know what the next thing's gonna be (laughs) because i know it's coming (laughs) This is escalating, right? Like you just heard like the knocking, but now whatever this is, is like physically moving things while people are watching. Like, uh, I don't know. I think it's definitely time to buy the Boo Buddy. Oh, yes. I agree. I just 100% heard you take a drink of your gin and tonics. (laughs) (laughs) We, uh, we both have gin 
and tonics this week, so we definitely needed some uh, some liquid courage now that Paige is probably going to get possessed and murdered by a <laughs> So that's my something spooky. Uh, I'll be sure to update everybody in the coming weeks. Megan, is there anything spooky that happened to you in the last couple of weeks? Um, okay, so I have a couple stories. Um, well, yeah, a couple stories. So... First, I did try to do some searching on like property records because I thought it was so funny that we got the despondent Agnes with the, um, <laughs> which I definitely started calling this app spooky spirit box or something, but it's actually spirit story box. So whatever. <laughs> um, but we got the despondent Agnes. Um, and so I was going to find out if anybody named Agnes lived in this house before. Um, And so far I have discovered that I'm not great at searching out property records or the appropriate offices are like shut down right now because of, um, because of coronavirus. So more to come on that in the future. Um, Real fast. I actually downloaded the, (laughs) what's it called again? (laughs) Spooky spirit box. No, spirit. Spirit story box. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's what I downloaded because I was like, why does Megan get to have all the fun? So uh, I got it and (laughs) I got, you know, plenty of words, but the ones that I found the most interesting were crabby accountant because that. <laughs> that kind of describes my husband. Um, <laughs> he is a crabby accountant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then I also got Christina, a uh, brilliant, humbled, but I also got in law misses. Oh. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. I don't yeah, know. you should be the one running the app this week because, like, if there's definitely something awakened in in your place like it might be the most pissed off while you're recording the podcast that's true well yeah i'll run it i mean it's not super related to ufos or anything but heck if something crazy happens i'll be sure to let everybody know this is is what we do now um okay okay so no updates on despondent agnes unfortunately um the second thing that i wanted to mention was not so much spooky, just a um, just a really crazy coincidence. Um, my dad has been working on this uh, genealogy project, um, and I got linked into it. And it's like, don't give me a project because I just I think I spent like forty eight hours just like only looking up genealogy <laughs> stuff because I got so obsessed with finding things. Um, But what I discovered is he didn't have a lot of information on my um, maternal grandfather's, um, yeah, my maternal grandfather's grandparents. So my great, great grandparents. Um, And what I found out is that both of them, um, including some of my, I guess, I think it's great grand aunts and uncles are buried in. well, they lived in Chicago and they're buried in a cemetery that's like less than a mile from my house. So that is a crazy coincidence. So <laughs> that we, like, is a crazy over- coincidence. <laughs> yeah. So we like walked over there and we visited their graves and yeah, it was just 
it was just really cool. Um, but also like sort of spooky. <laughs> okay. And so then the third thing, which I think I only said I had two things, but turns out I have three things, but it's <laughs> this like, is a bonus thing. <laughs> this is a bonus thing. Um, but it is related to this week's episode. So we're talking about UFOs and I'm like very excited to talk about this subject this week. So like as much as I was very excited about um, ghost hunting equipment last week because of the like enormous amount of my life I've lost to watching reality television. Um, (laughs) I like went through a phase which was like sort of spurred on by the fact that I would like convince my parents to let me stay up late and watch the X-Files when I was in grade school. Um, But I definitely went through this phase where I was like super into the idea of aliens. Um, And I like got books out of the library and, and read about them um, and was just really excited about it. And then when I was in seventh grade, we were visiting my aunt and uncle who at the time their house was like, it's it. So it's in rural Ohio and their house butts up to this or it used to butt up to this cornfield. And since then that cornfield's been like converted into a subdivision, but, but up to this cornfield, um, it's the middle of the night and I was sleeping on the couch, um, because there wasn't a bedroom for me. And, um, all of a sudden I like hear something fly over the house and, <laughs> yeah. And they had this dog who like lived down the street from them, but like always liked to come over and like hang out on their back porch. And all of a sudden, this thing that I hear fly over the house, like flies way out over the cornfield. Um, and to me, it seemed like it happened so fast. Um, and then like shines this like insanely bright light like back into the house like through the sliding door it didn't this is a dream this is not a dream (laughs) this is not a dream shines this crazy bright light the dog that was on the porch like freaks out because the dog is like you know scared of whatever is going on and i was like terrified like i this was like holy shit this is like every X-Files alien abduction scene I've ever seen. Like I'm about to get levitated out of this house and taken into their alien spaceship. Like I was so freaked out. And yeah. And then it like the, they, the light moved away and whatever it was, like I, I saw it like the light, like passed in front of the house. Um, I think once more. And I like, woke my mom up and yeah like I was so scared I like woke my mom up in the middle of the night and was like um I think I just saw an alien (laughs) (laughs) I mean I'm sure it wasn't funny at all then well yeah like not funny at all at the time like I was well and that's what she said she was like you were legitimately scared I was like yes I thought I was getting abducted (laughs) um and then like the next day we were talking to and now that I look back on it we were talking to my uncle and I like wish that he had followed up or something because he um worked for the um county prosecutor so it's like I wish he had followed up because what it probably was, was like 
um, some sort of helicopter that was like looking for somebody. And a lot of times, like if it's some sort of manhunt or something, they'll have like things that can detect heat signatures. So what I wonder is if they like, it was a big dog. So what I wonder is if it was like police or whatever, and they saw the heat signature from the dog and thought that it was like whoever they were looking for. And so they shine the light to check it out and then realize like, oh, it's just a dog. So they went away. But yeah, that is my like UFO that probably wasn't a UFO story, but it freaked me the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How old did you say you were? Uh, I think in seventh grade. So I was like 12 or 13. So like old enough to comprehend that, like, like to know what a UFO would have been and to know what like you weren't. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that's probably pretty terrifying. <laughs> I mean, that's probably terrifying now. Yeah, like if that happened to me, if I was sleeping in someone's living room and like all of a sudden some, I don't know, whatever flying vehicle shined a very bright light into the house and scared the shit out of the dog that was sleeping on their porch, like that would freak me out still. <laughs> well, I'm really glad you didn't get abducted by aliens, though it would have been kind of, it would have been a good story. Yeah, I mean, I think it's still a good story, even though I didn't get abducted. But it's also, like, probably the real story is, like, more scary because it's, like, who are they looking for? Right, and you were just, like, I don't know, you were just hanging out, looking around. Yeah, like, who knows if there was, like, some murderer creeping around who had, like, escaped or something. And I'm just, like, sleeping on the couch like some sort of asshole waiting for to get to get attacked. um anyway okay so yeah have you ever seen a ufo or like known anybody close to you who has seen one no i don't think so um if so i've not heard the stories i know uh elliot has a potential alien abduction story that i I, (laughs) that he may or may not be comfortable with me sharing (laughs) so Maybe I'll save that for a different episode. Um, like, he thinks he got abducted? Wait, I think I've heard the story. Yeah, before. he definitely thinks that he was abducted. Oh, I really want you to tell it now, but okay. we should wait until we do aliens. Until we do aliens. Yeah. <laughs> so that's <laughs> that's coming in the near future. Um, okay. But yeah, I don't think I know anybody who's ever claim to see a UFO and I don't really think I have either. I mean, I'm sure there's been times where I've like seen shit flying around and yeah, you know, didn't really think anything of it, but there wasn't a time ever a time where I was like, Oh God, the aliens are coming. <laughs> yeah. I've had a boring life. Yeah, no, no, you are legitimately being haunted by <laughs> a demonic spirit right now. So <laughs> that's not boring. Uh, and I was like, uh, yeah. Um, okay. I think I should have asked my, my parents. I feel like I remember when I was younger, them talking about seeing like we were camping somewhere and they saw some like weird lights in the sky. So, but I forgot to follow up about that for this episode. So yeah, I'll have to ask them about that again. (laughs) Yeah. I'll have to ask around. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, okay, well, the first thing that I wanted to cover was the distinction between UFOs, which stands for Unidentified Flying Object, and Extraterrestrials or Aliens. Because I think immediately people hear UFO and, like, their brain goes immediately to aliens. They think, like, oh, this is, you know extraterrestrials visiting our planet but yeah but it's like that is absolutely not correct like I you know as a rational person slash scientist like absolutely believe that UFOs exist I don't necessarily believe that they're of like extraterrestrial origin that they're aliens visiting our planet so yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, I, I think there's, I mean, even the videos that we watch for this, like, obviously, there are plenty of times where there are unidentified flying objects. Like, they there are. There's no arguing that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I think a lot of those have been debunked, but like, there are definitely times where they're unidentified, but to assume that they're aliens... I don't know. That's yeah. a far fetch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, yeah, that's like the most extreme jump that you can make. Like, you have right. to rule out every single earthly origin <laughs> before you jump to like, this is a visitor from outer space. Um, okay. And I guess I also wanted to just note that, like, we're doing specifically we're going to talk about like we'll we'll definitely talk about aliens a little bit in this episode and like the possibility of of ufos being um extraterrestrial um but we're really focusing on ufos we're gonna do you know alien life and all that in in a future episode um because there would just be too much per usual there would just be too much to cover um, (laughs) in a single episode um Okay. Uh, And there are several organizations that are, I guess, or that that investigate um, UFO sightings or are like searching for UFOs or specifically searching for extraterrestrial life or signals. Um, And those include NICAP, uh, which is defunct now. It existed from 1956 to 1980. Um, which was the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena. Um, MUFON, which stands for Mutual UFO Network, which has existed since 1969. And uh, yeah, you did a little bit more about them, right? Yeah, (laughs) I did a little bit about them. Um, I looked a little bit more into one of the other ones you're going to talk about, but... Okay. um, they, I don't know. I mean, I guess they like do things to make them seem legit. 
it's hard because they're a website. You can't see a ton unless you're like a member. So oh, I was okay. able just to click around a little bit and look at some of the tools that they use. Um, and then I was able to like read through like their, I guess, like vetting process for like new investigators. Uh-huh. Um, and they do go through like an interview process. And they also do like a 100 question exam. Confirming light and optics, sound, electromagnetic properties, measurements, physical traces, photography, radio and radar, um, and then atmosphere. So, like, they wow. do quite a bit before you can be a part of their, like, investigation team. Um, and then they have a list of, like, tools and stuff that they use on there when they're uh, investigating UFO sightings, but the the tools that I was able to access, I would hope aren't the only tools that they use. (laughs) Um, One of them is, and I think actually you had something about this as well, but um, it's like the flight tracking service uh, where it's like similar to the thing you have on your iPhone where it'll tell you like what planes are above you. So if you think you see a UFO, like you can kind of use that to see, uh, at least I'm, it doesn't really explain why they use it. This is just my assumption. <laughs> um, yeah. it also, there's like a track, the ISS app, or I guess like website that they have on there as well. Oh, uh, because I'm sure that people see that and then they think like, oh, it's a UFO, but it's right. really just the space station. So then they can look it up and see where it's at and then have a better idea of like, is this what I'm seeing or am I seeing something else crazy? And then that's like really all I did with them. I didn't really look at a whole lot at theirs because like I said, it was kind of tough um, mm-hmm. to like look at much. But I did see that they were like... Definitely several scientists who have specifically stated that like they don't really use they don't use the scientific method and that they're like not very scientific about their investigations. Mm-hmm. Which is funny because I think they have like a whole statement on their website about like the scientific method and stuff like they that. Do. But <laughs> <laughs> so they claim to use it. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, interesting just to note that, you know, this um, this mutual UFO network or MUFON exists. Um, and I have listened to podcasts and watched videos that have, um, that have people that are associated with this group on them speaking. And they seem like pretty, you know, articulate people, like not... <laughs> <laughs> not crazies or anything so yeah so it's hard to tell how legitimate it is I guess without like you know going through the paywall and and figuring things out but maybe that'll be for future episodes um yeah um and then the other big one that you know most people have heard of because I think it's been more focused on in Hollywood uh, is SETI, which is the search for extraterrestrial intelligence, which I assume that you also looked into some. Uh, you are not correct. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, I looked yeah. into the To the Stars Academy, which was the Tom, or is it Tom? Oh, I didn't look at that at all. Okay, yeah, let's talk about that because, like, I kind of only saw. Let's talk about that. So, okay. So MUFON, talked about MUFON, uh, SETI, which is the search for extraterrestrial intelligence. So that is, that's like actually scanning radio signals to 
try to see if we're getting some sort of extraterrestrial signal. Um, and, um, and we'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that, but yeah, then there's also this to the stars Academy, which <laughs> I've seen reference some places, but like seemed a little bit insane. Yeah, so, and I think I, I'll be honest, I, I, I uh, failed you here, Megan. I forgot to look up the pronunciation uh, and I, I'm not a huge Blink-182 fan, but I think it's just Tom DeLonge. I think that's right. That sounds right. Uh, so he is the founder of this to the Stars Academy of Arts and Science. And I looked on their website a little bit, uh, but more than that, I just wanted to understand, like, why him? Like, why, how did he get so involved in this? <laughs> and I'll be honest, I don't really think my question was answered. Um, but I'll give you like the little bit of timeline that I looked up for him. So <laughs> there's, there's like an actual timeline of like his interest in aliens and kind of or in aliens and UFOs and how it grew. And in the nineties, obviously he was blink 182, uh, singer songwriter. I don't know if he was a songwriter. I'm just yeah. making He was their up. lead singer, right? Yeah. Um, and you know he sang some songs about aliens that's that's when everybody claims it started but looking at his history it kind of looks like he had quite a bit of interest in aliens and ufos even when he was younger like he's always kind of been intrigued by them and um has kind of researched them on the side so 2001 he uh posts this video on youtube and he's talking about a friend that he has on the East Coast who has spent years doing interviews with government employees who had witnessed UFO activity. And he offers his help. Like, that's kind of where it starts. But there's, like, not a ton of information on how he's <laughs> helping him. Um, and then 2011, he launches Strange Time, which is a website devoted to extraterrestrial life, paranormal activity, conspiracy theories. Uh, and I tried to look at that website, but it looks like because he has started this to the stars academy of arts and sciences like basically that site just redirects you to this one mm-hmm. um but where it gets really interesting is february 2015 he claims that he has made contact with aliens oh no <laughs> so he is camping at a secret base and, and this is quoted from um it's this billboard uh article that i read so i i mean it's not it's not like a scientific anything (laughs) yeah like definitely the uh the cream of the crap when it comes to scientifically accurate (laughs) reporting uh but he says that he was camping at a secret base on the flight path to area 51 and he was good lord (laughs) he was told that by shutting down his mind and projecting his thoughts he would be able to achieve extraterrestrial communication He then woke up at 3 a.m. and felt a strange phenomenon. He says, my whole body felt like it had static electricity. It sounded like there were about 20 people there talking. And instantly my mind goes, okay, they're at our campsite. They're not here to hurt us. They're talking about shit. But I can't make out what they're saying. But they're working on something. And then in 2015, like shortly thereafter, he is, <laughs> starts the To the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences. So it's not like he has, I mean, really any, he, I mean, he's not a pilot, right? Like he doesn't have any yeah. um, 
credentials or yeah, degree or like, anything yeah, yeah nothing like he just he's just a fan he's just much. a fan and then one day he claims that he's made contact with aliens so then he starts this to the stars academy um yeah. and this is like okay so which again we'll we'll touch on this in the future when we do so i've been listening to this podcast um called strange arrivals which um we are not associated with in any way um but uh it's so great it's about um the purported encounter um and like possible abduction of betty and barney hill um and i think they he talks about um NICAP at the time, which was, which was active, um, when they went through, you know, whatever ordeal that they went through. But, um, and I think it was, I think it was NICAP, um, who, like, he says that people who claim to have, like, done what Tom DeLong says, like, they've made contact with aliens or whatever, like, met the aliens, like, the, they call them contactees. And it's like, I think there's, yeah, like, even some of the, you know, these committees or whatever that investigate UFO sightings, like see those people as like, you guys are the crazy people here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he definitely seems like a whack job to me, if we're being honest. Like- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Which like, I mean, who knows? Tom DeLong, you might be a perfectly nice man. And like, <laughs> who knows? Maybe you did make some sort of psychological connection with an alien but mm, maybe not (laughs) Um, so i will say that i actually i looked i really wanted to purchase the or purchase it or download it uh but i couldn't find it so apparently this to the stars academy or what is tssa or ts yeah ttsa um they one thing they're working on is the Scout and Vault apps. So, and I want to read this to you because I think that when it happens, we need to get it. So, Scout and Vault aims to be the world's most comprehensive intelligence tool for collecting, analyzing, and reporting unidentified aerial phenomena. Anyone will be able to instantly tap into the database via the Scout mobile app to contribute and access real time information on the phenomena globally. The Vault will use proprietary AI to find patterns and data from Scout and cross-reference information from other global databases to find answers in places we couldn't see before. So that sounds pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Sweet. Yeah. But I mean, considering the sort. Yeah, like his story and the fact that he started this academy, like this just sounds like, you know... 10 years from now, there's going to be like some new Scientology or something. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, he's got some people on his like advisory board that seem to be, I don't know, at least, at least they have like some sort of background (laughs) in something. No, and, and yeah, and I, I shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't totally shit on him because I, yeah, I do, I do get the sense from like listening to some to other podcasts and, and reading information out of there, out there by like, I don't know, so-called like UFO believers or whatever that, um, 
that he's like maybe doing good work in terms of like bringing all this stuff more into the mainstream. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I, I haven't, I don't know enough to know what his (laughs) reputation is, I guess, within this community. So yeah. Okay. But there is, so, well, so one thing I wanted to point out was, um, and related to Tom DeLong is that, you know, one reason that we, that we chose to do this this week was because of the recent announcements that, you know, kind of legitimized these, um, Navy UFO videos that have been bouncing around for a few years. Um, and I know, um, I had seen some story that Tom DeLong was like very excited about those being, um, legitimized or authenticated because, you know, he, he felt like, again, this was like bringing all this into the mainstream and into the limelight. But, um, the, despite the fact that these, um, organizations exist that are supposedly, you know, researching UFO phenomenon or like potential for, um, extraterrestrial life. Um, and I think, you know, SETI, I think is, is, pretty legit. Like they're being very scientific about things. Um, and if you've ever seen contact with Jodie Foster, um, she like, which is a great movie, um, (laughs) by the way. Um, and yeah, like that, that's about, you know, work being done or by the SETI Institute and like what would happen if they actually receive some sort of alien, alien message. But one of the points that I wanted to make is that um, is that there are these organizations, but in terms of like legitimate scientific, like NSF or whatever funded research into the investigation of UFOs and especially like into potential extraterrestrial origins, there's like a few reasons that, you know, this is not a big thing. So first, um, I would think that like, well, I wouldn't think I, I would, I know that like most of the scientific effort in this field, like thinking about the potential for extraterrestrial life, um, that effort's going towards like understanding the origins of life on our own planet. And, not like in the form of organisms that are going to be able to do any sort of like transmitting or like do any sort of interstellar travel. Like we're talking about looking at like how to, you know, how did early life begin on earth? And like, how do you have these like microbes and stuff that can live in these very extreme environments? Um, Because that's like, a gonna tell us more about our own planet but like also if we are gonna look for life on other planets most likely what we're gonna find is like microbial life um not like intelligent (laughs) beings (laughs) somewhere and like let alone intelligent beings that are like visiting our planet um and that brings me to my second point which is like it's unlikely that that UFOs are going to be how we find aliens. Like, again, 
it's most likely going to be some sort of like microorganism that we come across like on another planet or on a moon of another planet. Um, and uh, I saw a couple sources that noted that like, it's more likely that if we were going to make some sort of contact with intelligent life elsewhere in the universe, like it's going to be in the form of a radio signal sent from far away. Um, because first, like space is really, really big. <laughs> so like I start thinking about this that stuff and it's like, space is like, I mean, it just, it hurts my brain. Like it just right. really sort of freaks me out. Like how much stuff is out there. Um, so like the, the, the closest star to our sun, Proxima Centauri is four light years away, which means that it takes light four years to reach us or a little, it's a little over four light years away. Um, and our like fastest spacecraft that we have right now would take over 70,000 years to get there. But radio, um, which is part of the electromagnetic spectrum is a pretty simple technology and those waves travel at the speed of light. So like if you're going to communicate or send signals out over long distances, like that's why SETI, for example, is scanning for radio signals because they think that that's going to be the most likely form of any kind of like interstellar alien communication. Um, and yeah. And the one little factoid that I thought was cool was that um, when they're scan, when they're doing this, this scanning, when they're, they're looking for these signals, they've got to filter out so much noise because the sun, the stars, the planets, they all naturally emit radio waves. Um, so they've got to kind of filter out all of that noise. Um, and one podcast episode that I was listening to um, of Science Versus had the head um, of SETI on there. And she mentioned that like 10 to 20% of static, like on your everyday radio, if you find a blank station, 10 to 20% of the static that you hear um, is actually like cosmic noise, like just hmm. from the universe. Like, I think that's so cool. That is really cool. <laughs> so, which is like, yeah, it's just background noise, like generated from, you know, space. But I don't know. I thought that was really cool. Um, sorry. Then this is like a really long list of things that I'm going through, but I have, yeah, this is like ghost hunting equipment. I have so, so many, many thoughts. thoughts about this stuff. <laughs> this is like, nine-year-old Megan's dream to like get a chance <laughs> to talk about all of these things. Um, okay. So yeah. So, so far, yeah, we're talking about why there might not be, you know, this like legitimate funded effort to, or like traditional science effort to look into UFOs or like aliens or whatever. Um, so the last thing is that, and like, you guys just heard us, right? Like, we just made fun of Tom DeLonge for like being a little bit weird about this. Like there's definitely a stigma behind like UFO reports behind, you know, believing that they have some sort of alien origin. So it's like, you don't want to come off as like a crackpot, right? And like say like, <laughs> Oh, I'm, you know, like no one's going to fund your NSF proposal to like investigate UFO sightings like that's not going to be a thing. <laughs> so 
Yeah, but one article that I read mentioned that, you know, that's not to say, so it's like, just because, you know, there's kind of the stigma behind it. That's not to say that like astronomers aren't paying attention, like legitimate scientists have recently proposed like that there are things, proposed things that like they thought, you know, in sort of some sort of fantastic way, like could be attributable to aliens. So for example, there was like that um, star um, that was like dimming in like a weird and sporadic way. Um, And there was the whole thing about the, um, about the Dyson sphere. They were like, oh, like this star might not be dimming in a normal way because like maybe there's some sort of like alien megastructure built around it to like harvest its energy, um, which is like this theoretical thing called a Dyson sphere. Um, and you know, that's pretty fantastical. So like probably it's <laughs> not right. Um, but like it was proposed as one of the possibilities for this star when they came out with this research. Like it could be disks of gas or dust in a way, it could be debris, it could be comet swarms or black holes, but it's like, yeah, aliens is a possibility proposed by, you know, actual astronomers doing research. Um, And then the other thing was that in 2017, um, we had the first interstellar object, an asteroid um, that, was discovered by the pan stars survey which is um a um telescope that is looking for a program where they're they're looking for near earth objects so i think like part of the idea is like let's make sure we see the asteroid before it slams into us um (laughs) but like this was an asteroid that like had gotten you know flung off of some other solar system. So associated with some other star, it had gotten some sort of push to like get sent off of its normal trajectory and it made its way through our solar system, but like had, it had like unusual characteristics. So it's speed, it's trajectory, it's shape, like the fact that they thought it was like really shiny um, were all weird. So I guess like there were some scientists who were saying like oh maybe this is actually like some sort of interstellar like alien light sail or something that's being propelled by radiation like it's just so weird that the first of these objects that we see is like not what they imagine a typical one would be like it's this really weird one Hmm. so yeah (laughs) i don't know (laughs) i got so into this this week i was just like oh my god Space is so cool. Um, Yeah. Okay. So I have one more thing. That's fine. I'm just over here learning. I'm just soaking it all in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Jump in whenever. Um, So the last thing is that there's this Kepler satellite um, and it is supposed to be looking for, um, looking for Earth-like planets. Like that's the, the purpose or its mission. Um, and it's just looking in the, the Milky way. Um, but it revealed that, um, about a quarter, so about 25% of all of the stars in the Milky way have a planet about the size of earth. That's like in what we 
think would be the habitable zone. So like has the potential to have liquid water on its surface and would have chemistry that would support life as we know it. Um, So yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Like that's like just in our, that's just in our solar system, but like, or, or sorry, just in our galaxy, but there's like trillions of galaxies out right. there. So it means that like, you know, there's a potential for, so yeah. So this is all very long way of saying like, okay, we're talking about UFOs. Yes. A lot of people jump to aliens right away. Um, do I think that UFOs that we see on earth are aliens? Probably not. Like, is it possible that one of the reports out there is? Sure. Maybe. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, do I believe in alien life? Yes. But like, and like, there are legitimate scientific programs looking for that and like looking for planets like Earth elsewhere. And like, we've sent out, you know, I think it was Voyager or whatever has, you know, the disc on it with information about Earth um, in case somebody happens to come across it. Like, you know, these are, we're, we're sending out feelers. We're like listening to get information back. We're trying to understand like what life might look like on other planets or how life evolved on Earth. Um, I think like, you know, the universe is scary big. So like the possibility that earth is totally unique and that there's no other intelligent life out there is like there's a yeah like I don't think that's possible at all right I think that uh there's definitely like I mean in my mind without question life outside of earth but yeah (laughs) but where where is it and are they coming to us to visit us in these cool looking (laughs) Uh, aircrafts I don't think so but but there's definitely life out there yeah oh for sure and like I think um you know I've I've listened to a couple things recently that have said like they think in our lifetime like they're gonna find evidence of life elsewhere um that's not on earth but like I don't yeah I think the chance of it being intelligent life is so slim just because space is so vast and like you just don't yeah and like what you know I don't know just logically like why (laughs) why would aliens like (laughs) I don't know it's like a risk to them right if you think of it from a military standpoint like oh absolutely yeah I mean heck I wouldn't be going to a different planet (laughs) yeah right (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's cool and all, but I'll just stay here. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so I don't know. It's it's very interesting. I like. I really love the possibility of aliens. I don't think they're gonna look like you know what the movies think they're gonna look like, you or like what a lot head. of. Sorry, go ahead. You don't think they're going to look have like giant heads and be green and blue? <laughs> no, like I don't even think like bipedal is like right. you know as likely as we think that it is. Um yeah. And the idea that they've visited us here like uh, that's pretty that seems pretty far-fetched based on everything that I looked at for this episode. Um 
So, yeah. So, jumping back into what we're actually going to talk about, (laughs) (laughs) which is UFOs, even though I just spent 20 minutes blathering about the possibility (laughs) of UFOs being aliens, even though I said we were going to talk about that (laughs) in future episodes. (laughs) I just got really excited about it. Um, All right. Yeah, so so one of the reasons that we wanted to do this was because the Pentagon or the Department of Defense just came out and authenticated these videos um, that have been that have been floating around. I think since 2017, um, this the story behind this like secret program or whatever where they've been looking for UFOs or investigating UFOs. Um, came out in the New York Times. And yeah, so so yeah, so we're going to talk about the Pentagon UFO videos. So there's, there's years of, of history behind this now. And like, I don't necessarily think that we're totally going to be able to do it justice completely because there are people out there who've, you know, spent years speculating and examining these videos. Um, but, you know, right now, 2020 is apparently like the disaster year so of course the department of defense would come out and say like oh by the way <laughs> there's we have this. by the way like we uh have no idea what's going on in these videos so might be aliens okay thanks bye guys <laughs> good luck um <laughs> all right so yeah so there are Three different videos that were released. Mm-hmm. Which were, again, were released in 2017. And again, that like in 2017, it was like that the that the New York Times broke that like there's so that this this defense department um, uh, program is called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. So we find out there's a secret program. We get these three videos released, which were taken by, um, by Navy pilots and like by specialized recording equipment or cameras on these, um, Navy planes. And worth noting that like the, that the United States, the American military has like recognized and investigated UFOs in like an official capacity, um, since 1947. So because they see them as like, you know, they don't know what it is and they've got these pilots flying out there. So they want to make sure that it's nothing that's going to, that's going to hurt them. Like that's just part of their job. Um, yeah. Now we've got these three videos. Now the defense department comes out and like I said, but they say like, oh, by the way, you know, these are legitimate. They haven't been tampered with. We're authenticating them as like actual footage that our pilots took. Um, We don't know what they are. Um, And obviously people are freaking out about that. Um, Yeah. Even though the videos have existed like this entire time. And they really, (laughs) they didn't really like say anything new. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I thought was funny. Like they came out with this and then I saw the videos and I was like, um, I'm pretty sure I saw those like before. So I don't know what people are freaking out about, but I, but I do get it. Like if we're going to talk about 
UFOs. And if we're going to do it from, I don't know, like a, a scientific standpoint or a standpoint of like trying to, to be as official as possible, to me, it made sense to start in a place where like, these are videos that we know are like 100% unaltered, authentic, like no one has, you know, fucked with them in Photoshop or whatever. Right. So yeah. So you'll see them referred to um, under kind of three different titles. Uh, one called Gimbal, one called Go Fast, and uh, one called, sometimes you'll see it called the Tic Tac video. Um, but I've also seen people call it the FLIR video, um, which is in reference to the infrared camera, um, or the Nimitz video. So, um, okay, so we'll just briefly go through, I don't know, each video and like what you see in them. Um, so, and they're like pretty compelling footage. Like I watch them and it's like, what is that? <laughs> know <laughs> right well, yeah and it's like until you start reading about what else it could be i was i was sold yeah, right. i was, I was like, like yeah. um these are ufos like they're aliens the defense department has has declared it then yeah and like <laughs> um so stephen green street uh which is past couple weeks rather than watching ghost shows um, <laughs> i watched um all of the available episodes of this um, web series that he does for the New York Post called The Basement Office, um, which is a, a an X-Files reference, by the way, um, because Fox Mulder, the main oh. yeah, Fox Mulder, the main character, has like the office in the basement. Because it's like they stuck him in the shittiest part of the building because he's like kind of on the fringe, right? Like investigating these X-Files. Okay. So Stephen Green Street does this show, The Basement Office. Um, and yeah, they talk about famous UFO sightings. They talk about, you know, alien encounters. And he does this with a man named Nick Pope, um, who people, I guess, have described as like the real life Fox Mulder. So the real life guy from the X-Files. Um, and he um, kind of ran like the ran the X-Files or investigated the X-Files like for the British version of the FBI. So yeah, so he like he knows his shit when it comes to <laughs> to this kind of stuff. Um, but long story short, Stephen Greenstreet makes this point that like these are if you watch these videos and in a couple of them you hear the Navy pilots in the background like talking about what they're seeing um, and what they're locked onto, and it's like they're kind of freaking out like they're very impressed by how fast things are going or like the you know the the maneuvers that they think that are happening and it's like these are the guys who are flying you know the top of the line like aeronautic technology like they're flying the fastest planes they get exposed to all this like fancy military plane technology so it's like if they're impressed then that kind of says something, right? Right. Well, if they're like scared or worked up about it, then like, yeah, it's probably yeah, because like they've yeah, unique. <laughs> uh, I didn't watch all of the episodes, but I did watch I think like three or four of them, um, and like they keep coming back to the same points where it's like the credibility of the pilots. Like every episode, it comes back to well, the pilots were excited about it, so like it must be 
real yeah. or it must at least be something they haven't seen before. Um, and then they also talk quite a bit about like the speed and the maneuverability of yes, like the, the items or the crafts that they're seeing on each of these right. videos. Right. Yeah. So like it is very compelling footage and I think that they're right in the basement office to talk about, you know, like if these guys are impressed, like we should all be impressed by this. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So there's three videos. So the, the first, this gimbal video, um, is like, I should have pulled all three of these up so I can like watch them while we're talking about them. But, um, it's kind of just like in a, I don't know, irregularly shaped object, um, that they mention is, flying against the wind. Um, it appears as if it like rotates in midair. Um, they, you hear them mention on the recording, like, oh, there's a whole fleet of them. Um, yeah. Then the second is the go fast video, which is a, a small object, um, that appears to be, um, this was taken over the Atlantic ocean in, in 2014. Um, and this pilot locks onto it with like, you know, their, their tracking software that's associated with their camera is very excited. It's like this small object that appears to be like speeding, like an incredibly fast speed over some body of water. Um, and the third video is the Tic Tac video. Um, again, sometimes called, sometimes called the Nimitz video or the Fleur video, that was taken in 2004, um, and I think that's the shortest of the three. But this, um, they focus in on this, like, tic-tac-shaped object. And, like, I shouldn't say focus in because it's, like, pretty blurry looking still. <laughs> um, and, you know, it you can see, like, the the tracking software kind of, like, has to, like, recenter on it a few times. So, like, making it kind of appear like it's jumping around in some unusual way. And then it looks like the object like accelerates at high speed off the left of the screen. Um, And I think they say that the object is like about the size of a a commercial plane. So this was taken near, near San, near, sorry, near San Diego, um, near the Nimitz aircraft carrier. So yeah, so there's three videos. Navy pilots are very excited. The UFO you know, community is very excited about them because they've been authenticated because we know they're unaltered, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, it doesn't really take that much digging because these videos have been around for a few years to find that they are like, probably not. Maybe not what they seem to be. Yeah. Like they're probably (laughs) pretty boring (laughs) in real life. Um, so and it's like it's like a big deal to debunk these things so you mentioned like MUFON you know makes people take this like test which covers you know different atmospheric things and all these different things because it's like in order to examine these and to like know what you're looking at um you've got to know like you have to be able to tease apart like what's happening with the military tech that's there, the camera technology that's there. You have to be familiar with atmospheric phenomena, um, know the physics. Like these are videos that are, and this is a quote from a a Scientific American um, article about um, 
uh, I think it's titled just like a word about those UFO videos. Um, so these are videos taken by really specialized instrumentation um, in an unusual reference frame because they're taken by pilots in planes. So like those pilots are moving very quickly. So they're moving at high speeds through the air. So you have to like be able to tease out the geometry of that, the like instrumental effects that might be happening from the camera technology. Um, but there are people doing it. So like spending all this time breaking down sight lines and speed vectors and camera movements and like offering explanations of what, what we'll talk about, which is like how you can make things that are every day look really erratic or spooky or alien in a video, but they're not. Yeah. I mean, it's, and I read um, several articles that just talked about, and you already touched on it a little bit that, it's not it's not something it's not something we see every day walking down the road and so to us like to the you know naked eye or whatever to somebody who doesn't have the experience up there <laughs> flying around uh when you see these videos and things are going super fast or things are you know they're flying by you think like oh god that looks so quick but in reality like really the plane is just flying in the opposite direction or yeah i don't know yeah So, uh, yeah, do we want to talk debunking? Yeah, let's talk about these Mick West videos. Yeah. Or Mike West? Mick, Is it Mick, Mick West? Yeah. That's what I have. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I have Mick. Um, yeah, so, yeah, these are um, videos slash forum posts um, from this guy, Mick West, who I think runs this um, forum called Metabunk. Um but he has been like he's been doing all these things like he's been working through these videos since they were released in 2017. um so do you want to start with the gimbal video yeah we can do that um so this was the one where the i don't know what to call it the the flying object was kind of like rotating and they also talk about this like glare or this like aura around it um as it's flying around yeah um and i think so i found a video that specifically talked about why that glare around it was rotating with it yes um but i think that you may have some additional information on that am i right yeah so he had like he had like a few videos um because that is like the weird thing. Like it, it looks like, like it's, it's hard to describe the video, but it, yeah, it's, it's like, it's, it's a little bit of an oddly shaped object. Like Paige said, it sort of looks like it has this like aura around it. Um, and it looks like it's just like rotating in midair, which is, you know, sort of freaky. Like it's moving in a way that you wouldn't expect any sort of known aircraft to move. Well, and it's bizarre because even like the aura or like the, that glare around it rotates with right. it. Right. And like, that's what I think a lot of people have gotten stuck on is like, but why is that rotating? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this Mick West guy, he says that, so there's a couple of things at play. Um, and he has several videos devoted to this. Um, but he says that um, mainly what you're seeing is a combination of um, 
IR, which stands for infrared. So it's an infrared camera that they're looking at this object with. Um, and you can get a glare on objects that like, you know, makes it appear larger, uh, that's larger than the object itself. So what he thinks is that it's a combination of infrared glare um, off of the engines of a distant plane. Um, and then what Paige was mentioning is that, you know, why does the object seem like it's rotating in midair? And what he says that that is, um, is just an artifact of this gimbal mounted cameras, camera system. So these are gimbal mounted, meaning like the camera on the plane is like always adjusting in order to stay level. So it's like it's adjusting and it's making it look like the object is rotating, but really it's not. The camera is. Yeah. Like really the camera is rotating. Really the camera is rotating into the, like the, or the software associated with the camera is doing some sort of adjustment. And he like reproduces footage where he like films a glare like with an IR camera and like even does this like rotation with it and it's like it's pretty convincing like it looks just like the footage from it really does yeah, <laughs> from the navy video um and then that aura that we mentioned um where you see this aura around the object like he's like oh that's just automatic image sharpening that the um that the plane or that the plane's software is applying so, or the camera software is applying. So it's just like a, an enhancement or whatever to the image that's automatically being applied that like makes it look like there's this lighter colored aura around the object. So, yeah. So I, I, and I guess my only thought was like, they, so they film one of these objects, but like you do see the pilots though, like, or you hear the pilots say, oh, there's a whole fleet of them. So it's like, well, right. if it was a, distant plane like you don't see video of of any other objects so that's the only thing that I was kind of hung up on I guess after reading this explanation is like yes he could reproduce videos with this like IR glare plus this like gimbal mounted adjustment or whatever but you know this of the three videos that he uh, of these three videos the ones that he takes on mm -hmm. like I this is the one I was like least convinced by his argument oh, like really? yeah like i i don't know even like the rotating or like the the rotating camera slash the like software adjustment thing i was like i don't know it just i mean i believe it happens and he does show it to you but yeah i don't know something about like the fact that you can kind of see uh like the horizon i guess and you can see that but that's like not shifted yeah know. wouldn't wouldn't that rotate too <laughs> so he and i should have looked closer to his, his explanation but like he did address that question like whether the horizon would rotate too and like that he had some sort of answer for that so yeah i i i just i don't know that i buy not that i don't buy it i guess this was just the one that i said that like i felt like his argument was the least convincing where the other two like i am pretty sold by what he's what he is suggesting sure sure um and i think yeah i think it's just it's you know it's incredible footage however you look at it um and 
Yeah, although it is like it's important to note that there is like a there's a an everyday explanation for this. And like that's the thing with UFO sightings. Like pretty much all of them, <laughs> you know, there's some everyday explanation, yeah, that can um that can explain them. And I think um it's like 90%, I think, um one of those podcast episodes mm-hmm. that I listened to is like 90% of all UFO sightings have been explained by something else. Like there's 10% where there's still questions surrounding it. Like, what is this? Uh, is it, we said it before, is it possible that this could be some sort of alien visiting us? But like 90% of the time UFO sightings are, they're able to explain yeah. it with something yeah. else. Well, and it's worth noting, I forgot to know earlier, but um one of the earlier military programs, um, the one that started in 1947 by the Air Force um, and then ended in 1969, um, or at least supposedly ended ooh, in 1969, <laughs> um, investigated over 12,000 claimed UFO sightings um, and concluded that like most of them were everyday things like stars, clouds, conventional aircraft, spy planes, but there were like 701 of them that they couldn't explain. So it's like, yeah, there are things, there are UFOs, there are flying objects that are unidentified. Like, does that mean that they're aliens? No, (laughs) but you know. Uh, all right. Well, do you want to, which one do you want to talk about next? The FLIR video or do you the, um, do that one next? Yeah, let's do, let's do FLIR. Yeah. Tic Tac or FLIR. Tic Tac is referring to the, the shape of the object that you see. Like it's just sort of like shaped like a little Tic Tac on there. A little Tic Tac with some legs. A little blurry Tic Tac. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And this was one. Yeah, like this one and the other one were like, oh, for sure. Like, this is just what these things are in these videos. Yeah, I had no questions about this one. I was all in. Yeah. Well, okay. So this one, um, he, Mick West says, like, it's just a, it's just a distant plane. <laughs> right. Like, he is, immediately shuts it down. Yeah. Nope. This is just a plane. It's just simple trigonometry. <laughs> right. Like that's basically what yeah, he says. Yeah, yeah. So, and he, what he notes is like, you watch this video and I think I mentioned in, in my description, like it kind of looks like the instrumentation keeps losing its its lock on it. Um, but, but it's like, that's what makes it look like the object is like jumping around or moving in some way. Like you don't see the object move unless something happens like with the camera, like it loses lock or whatever. Well, yeah, and he says that, like, there's, like, a bunch of lens changes and shows, like, when they zoom in and out, and it's, like, each of those times it loses track of it, but likely because they're making changes to the camera. Right, and he, you know, shows you, like, it it looks exactly, the shape of it looks exactly like a low-resolution backlit jet that's actually moving in a straight line to the left, um, so it's, it's flying to the left, just like in a straight line, no up and down motion. And he, you know, does this whole thing to determine like the rate of movement and the direction in terms of like frames per second. And, um, and he uses the, the text that shows up on the video, which is like information about the camera and about the instrumentation that's in use. 
um, to determine that, that this object is moving to the left. Um, and the one thing that I wrote about as I was watching this, I was like, yeah, but what about the fact that it like all of a sudden, like the instrumentation loses the lock and you just see this thing like dart off to the left, like at an impossibly fast speed. You're like, oh, that's definitely aliens. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but what he sees is like, immediately, like exactly when that happens, the camera stops tracking the object um, and it just like can't get its lock back on. So it it's trying to readjust. It doesn't do it fast enough. And so the object keeps moving to the left and yeah, you never get it. And it moves to the left at the exact same speed that it was moving. Cause like he does that whole calculation where it's like, how fast has it been traveling right. this whole time? And it doesn't, it's not actually moving any faster than it was the in, the rest of the video right, it's moving exactly. the exact same speed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it just looks like all of a sudden it's zooming off. Yep. So yeah. So that one, yeah. Look, like, and that is the video itself is uh, a little bit boring, but it's like um, as soon as it moves at the end, you're like, oh my god, <laughs> this is insane. <laughs> it must be it aliens. must be aliens. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, this is just a fucking plane in the background. Like, yeah. And I think it's worth noting here because this was exactly like I, I was talking to to Stephen um, about this earlier. And I was like, yep, turns out it's just balloons or planes. And he's like, yeah, but why would the government hide it? And I was like, I think it's just like, that's what they do. Like, this is the Department of Defense. This is like, like any footage that these pilots take, like it's just automatically classified. So well, and look what happens as soon as they officially, like officially release and authenticate it. It's like, sure. oh, it's aliens. Yeah, like like people-, people immediately out and <laughs> make assumptions. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure like they need the time to go through this footage and to figure out like, is it something that we should be worried about in terms of a threat? Like, is it some sort of right. like foreign technology or whatever like before they go ahead and release it like I guess I'm of the opinion that it's like they're not going to release this like unless they know that you know it's nothing to worry about <laughs> right they have to be 100% certain uh-huh. of, what, of what they're claiming before they release yeah, it so like I think it's like you know people freaked out because it's like oh it's classified footage but it's like well I bet all that footage is classified. Like it's just it's right. just the nature of the beast. Like and then, yeah, because it's all military stuff. And then it, it, yeah. Once they determine it's nothing to worry about, then it can be declassified. So it could be whatever. <laughs> 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 um, okay, so last video is the go fast video, which is how you hear people in the in the biz to talk about it in the biz (laughs) (laughs) what you're gonna find out is that it's really not going that fast (laughs) it turns out it's not moving (laughs) at all (laughs) this one was like my this one really hurt my brain to think about what was happening here's a a secret like i had to take a i took a year of um, calculus-based physics um, in order to go to grad school in geology. Um, and obviously, like, geophysics is a thing, but I'm not great at physics. 
<laughs> Physics is hard. I also had to take, actually, we had the same professor. Yeah. 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 Uh, we went to the and, same college, yeah. you guys. <laughs> but like, <laughs> however many years apart, like I graduated before Paige started. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a hard class. Yeah. Physics is not yeah. easy. Yeah. Um, it was a great class, <laughs> but it was a hard class. Like I just my brain, yeah. like, I can't I have such a hard time wrapping myself around like forcing my brain to like ch- you know, think about stuff moving around the object rather than the object itself moving. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need more context for this. But anyway. This is like, <laughs> this go fast debunking was bringing me like physics flashbacks. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so this one, yeah, it turns out it's, it's a fucking balloon. <laughs> it's a balloon. And that's like really all you know. It's a balloon. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it's literally just, so the, the, it looks like it's moving super fast. But it's probably so they've done all the, you know, all this, these people doing this debunking have essentially done it. Like they tell you, like, oh, they've done this with like high school, like trigonometry or geometry or whatever to figure out based on the numbers that you see on the screen that the object itself is like probably floating about halfway between the plane and the water. So the plane is at about 26,000 feet, the object is probably at 13,000 feet. Um, and it just looks like it's moving um, because the plane's camera is panning and it's like super zoomed in. Um, so it's this effect called parallax. Um, yeah, which is when the object is closer to the camera than the background. So changes to the angle of the camera result in what looks like high speed relative to the background. <laughs> and really <laughs> so really it's a balloon and it's not moving or potentially moving like very slowly yeah really slow yeah like he su- he suggests at some point that like it could be moving from 28 to 100 knots i think he says which is like 32 miles per hour <laughs> like 28 knots is like fucking slow <laughs> if it's a balloon at thirteen thousand feet Probably it's windy. So, like, probably it is moving at some speed, like, whatever the wind speed is. Um, And that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. It's a balloon. Um, And they they do a really good job, though, demonstrating this because I was like, what? Like, my brain does not work like this. Um, But (laughs) he found similar footage of a Mylar balloon. So, like, just one of those, like, shiny balloons that you get at, like, a kid's birthday party. Um, Mm -hmm that had been filmed from a helicopter. So like the helicopter, the balloons below the helicopter, the helicopter's flying over and they like zoom way in on the balloon. And as they're like passing over, it makes it look like the balloon is like moving super fast over the the background. But like, it's not, it's just this camera effect. <laughs> so, but like that one is, and it's tough too, though, because like you feel a little bit bad for the, um, for the Navy pilots that are in this video, right? Because they get like so excited, right. and they're like, I mean, so the pod, the podcast episode that I had mentioned to you earlier, um, they talked to Commander David Frever, I think is his last okay. name, but if I'm saying that wrong, 
I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> sorry, David. Um, and like, he is just so convinced of what he saw. Like he has like friends who were a part, he has like a friend who is a part of like the gimbal video. He was a part of, or he was like a part of the uh, Fleur video. Yeah. And he's like, these are real. And it's like, but, but they are. Yeah. Maybe. I mean, they're <laughs> real videos and like, yeah, but like, <laughs> he thinks it's more than like a plane or a balloon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And like at the time, you know, these, these were UFOs and like, I guess they're still kind of UFOs because we don't know for sure. And like, I guess that's the one thing that makes me doubt that explanation is like the pilots are so excited. And it's like, if they're using this advanced camera technology and they're like used to flying in these environments, it's like, wouldn't they? know that this was a possibility like wouldn't yeah like wouldn't they know haven't they seen a balloon before? right like haven't they seen something like this before so they would know that it's not i don't know it goes back to the nick pope in the basement office videos where he just like keeps going back to the pilots are like the most credible source that we could have and they're excited so we should be excited yeah <laughs> so yeah but I don't know. I'm sticking with balloon. I I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's probably a balloon. <laughs> and the other two are probably just like planes off in the distance. <laughs> Which like, I mean, it sucks, right? Because it's like, you know, as much as I have all these doubts about UFOs visiting us and or UFOs, about aliens visiting us um, or the potential of UFOs being alien in origin it's like it would be really cool like i would that would be great i well yeah most people are like scared of it i'm like bring it on yeah i think it'd be cool yeah <laughs> and like you know if they came all this way like i don't know seems like they just want to check it out you know <laughs> right if they were gonna hurt us they would have already done oh it. yeah this is like a good point that totally reminds me of i had this teacher in college um one of my teachers that I loved, like he had this great point about, about aliens. And I don't know how the heck we got in the, on the topic because this was a sedimentology and stratigraphy class. So, um, yes, like we were talking about dinosaurs, but, um, (laughs) but he was talking about, um, UFOs for some reason and like the potential of like, you know, are they, are they actually aliens? And he said, I think it must have been talking about like evolution of life on earth or something. And so he said, well, like, let's think about human technology, right? Like technology as we know it on earth has existed for like, I don't know, a little over the past hundred years. Like if you say like the invention of flight of airplanes like that's kind of the beginning of modern technology right and we've only had that for a little over 100 years so like imagine an intelligent civilization somewhere else in the universe that evolved along like a similar timeline as us like let's say that life kind of works the same way evolution kind of works on similar time scales like even if they were just like a thousand years ahead of us, like we've come so far in a hundred years, like where the heck are we going to be in another thousand? Or like, what if they were like a million years ahead of us? Like 
he was like, they're out by Pluto and they're just going to be like, oh, what's that little smudge out there? And like be like, ping. And then we're like blown off the map. So. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, like that was his point. It was like, if they're, if they evolved on any sort of, if they're advanced enough and like ahead of us enough to be able to do this like interstellar travel, like they don't need to go into our atmosphere to check us out. (laughs) Right. So, yeah. I don't know. So that is, you know, the videos that everyone is super worked up about right now, but turns out they're a little bit boring. (laughs) 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 they're just planes and balloons yeah um yeah so i guess like wrapping up thinking to future episodes about ufos about aliens like we've again focused on the native videos because it's not every day that you have the government coming out saying like oh these are authentic videos we don't know what they are um so it's you know, reliable, undoctored footage. Um, and I think, like, there was some suggestion in the stuff that I was listening to and reading that, you know, there have been other encounters. There have been other things that pilots have seen. There's, like, the footage that we see, like, has potentially been trimmed down a lot. Like, the videos are actually much longer. So it's, like, there may exist some part of those videos that can't just be like debunked as everyday stuff. Um, Yeah. And I think like on my part, I would love to talk more in the future about like civilian sightings or like, you know, eyewitness reports from people who aren't necessarily, you know, pilots, but. There are so many of them. Oh, I know. (laughs) Like (laughs) I was on the MUFON uh, site and I think I actually have it up right now. Maybe I don't. Maybe I closed it. <laughs> but like literally when I was looking at it on the 14th, so two days mm-hmm. ago, there were like 20 or 30 some. I mean, and it wasn't even late in the day already for the 14th. Yeah. Like they have so many coming in every day that we would have. There's a lot we could find, a lot we could talk yeah. about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but there are definitely like some famous ones, I think, that. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. That we could focus in on. All right. right. Is that UFOs? Well, that's UFOs part one. (laughs) Part one. (laughs) Um, Okay. So uh, to wrap up, as always, we're going to do, we still don't know what the segment is called. (laughs) Our short segment about something creepy that. Something creepy in the everyday. I don't know. (laughs) We do something spooky at the beginning. Maybe we can do something creepy at the end. (laughs) <laughs> I like it. All right. So to the something creepy. Woo-hoo! So I kind of found this story accidentally uh, while researching for our first episode. And I just thought it was too funny not to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> what we're going to talk about today is the Great Kentucky Meat Shower. Uh, <laughs> which basically, I think I found it initially on some like BuzzFeed article or some like list of top 10 creepy things that have never been explained. Yeah. Uh, and they explain it as one day a meat or one day meat started raining down from the sky. That's like the extent of what they said. <laughs> In uh, I'm like, I, 
in Kentucky. And I'm like, I need to know what's happening here. So I'll start off by saying it's really not as exciting as it sounds. Um, That's like really the theme of there, this episode. Turns out it's not as exciting not as that it exciting. sounds. um but so march 3rd 1876 so this was a long time ago uh this woman was out in her yard making bath soaps uh when large hunks of flesh started (laughs) crawling started falling from the sky and this was in olympia springs in bath county kentucky she states that they fell like large snowflakes. Wait, like um, slow like snowflakes? That She just says like large snowflakes. I didn't see any explanation as to the speed of how they okay. fell. But um, they were definitely like all over her yard. And when they looked at it later, they were like chunks of meat in like her fence, like stuck in the fence. Okay. Um, so yeah, it had basically like showered meat on her while she was outside just trying to make her bath soaps. Gross. So um they left they left the meat like overnight and so it dried out a little bit. Also and, like, gross. Some, <laughs> two, like two people, two men came over and like tasted it the next day which i the next isn't day really important <laughs> like not really important but i just had to make sure you knew that because i thought it was so gross <laughs> yeah they just like popped over and they're like let me try this meat um <laughs> and then they did <laughs> great <laughs> so there were a couple different scientists who studied this uh this meat shower and leopold B, who I cannot for the life of me even try to pronounce pronounce his last name, so I'm just not going to try because um, I'll probably just totally destroy it. But his name's Leopold. So he, I looked up to see if he was like a scientist of any sort. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I mean, I'm assuming he is, but it literally just says like someone named Leopold. So, and I read two different articles about this, so I don't really know um how he got involved but he came out and he received some of these meat samples three months after this meat storm um is this lady just like letting meat lay in her yard for three months (laughs) or did she like save some pieces somebody saved some and preserved it in glycerin for some amount of time so obviously at least three months meat jello basically at this point (laughs) (laughs) and he analyzes the specimen and like basically he just ends up saying like that's not actually meat that's what's called nostoc which is a cyanobacteria that forms colonies and they are surrounded by these protective gelatinous what they call envelopes so basically it's just like this jelly like blob it kind of looks like algae um and this certain like species is just happens to be flesh colored that that's his explanation for it um problem is it gets this jelly like feeling when it's wet uh-huh. so if it's dried out um then it, it i guess it's like even hard to see when it's dry uh-huh. so <laughs> it's like first of all she's like she says that it's falling from the sky 
And she also says that it looks and feels like meat when it falls. So like this explanation doesn't really make any sense. Basically his exam or his analysis is like kind of useless, but he <laughs> like, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense because like this cyanobacteria doesn't just fall from the sky, but she has seen it fall uh-huh. or she saw it fall. So he sends some samples to Dr. Amy Edwards, who um, is an, is a histologist and the president of the Newark scientific association and um they get these meat samples and analyze them there and they say well this is definitely or it's likely that it's lung tissue from either a human or a horse Um, they send it off to a second histologist who agrees and then uh seven samples are studied by them and then several other scientists who say of those seven samples Two are lung tissue, three are muscular um, tissue, and then two are made of cartilage. So clearly it's not just this weird nostoc that Leopold thinks it is. Um, And Dr. L.D. Kastenbein, I believe I'm saying that correctly, uh, who at the time was a professor of chemistry at the Louisville College of Pharmacy, Uh, basically just ends up saying like the only real explanation for this, like the only thing that would really make any sense is that this is just vulture, a vulture that projectile vomited its onto you. Um, And like the wind caught it or there were like several of them and they all projectile vomited (laughs) and it just kind of happened to fall on your house So uh, there are both like black vultures and turkey vultures are the ones that are found in Kentucky and both are known to vomit their stomach contents as a defense mechanism to make themselves lighter when they're flying. (laughs) Um, And they also like have said that like some vultures can fly as high as 40,000 feet. So, I mean, even if she would have looked up, she likely wouldn't have seen them. (laughs) Um, But that's really it. Like, this poor woman gets vomited on (laughs) Uh, and there's like months of studies just to find out that like some vulture was like, fuck this lady. (laughs) Here's the meat. Um, I did find though, at the end of one of these articles that there have been other strange things that have fallen from the sky, which like you hear about a little bit, but what the two that I found most interesting was in November of 1970, whale meat rained from the sky in Oregon. Ew. And then in 2012, on New Year's Eve, 100 birds fell from the sky in Arkansas, Ooh. which I've never heard of, but I'm obviously going to have to read about that someday. <laughs> yeah. So that's gross. Yeah. <laughs> So if ever there's a meat storm, just know that it's birds barfing on your head. <laughs> it's birds barfing on your head. Was this like <laughs> a lot? Like was this a lot of meat or was this a cuz it sounds like it like covered her yard. Yeah, well, and I think and I have to pull it back up. Uh but I would swear that I read that it was like her yard was like 5,000 square feet. Yeah. So it's so like, like how many there was vultures a lot of meat. were there? <laughs> and like were they all barfed up i don't know 
Uh, they did state that if a vulture, see, like it's like people, like if a vulture sees another vulture vomiting or like projectile vomiting, <laughs> that like the whole will. group will do it. <laughs> and like, gr- granted, I think it's probably for different reasons because, like, it's probably that. I mean, it's a defense mechanism. Yeah, they're, they're like, oh, you're like, oh, scared. Shit, I got to barf too now. Right. Where with humans, it's just like that shit's gross. I got to do it now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's apparently totally plausible that there were you know five ten vultures up there and they all just decided this is the perfect time to barf up my meat (laughs) all right well we've done it (laughs) episode three (laughs) which was supposed to be ufos but i'm pretty sure i talked about aliens for a significant portion of it well, that's all right. You kind of have to. It's only th- you have to. Right. Well, yeah, especially when everybody hears UFO and thinks aliens. Yeah. Like there's no other way to do that. Yeah. So, well, Whatever. here's maybe now the UFOs that tried to abduct me when I was 13 are going to come find me again. Yeah, you're going to piss them off just like I did with the demons. <laughs> that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, all right. Well, uh, if you haven't already, you should subscribe and you should follow us on social media. If you are interested in, I don't know, more spooky content, or if you need to reach out to us for any reason with questions or topic ideas. Um, but other than that, that's all. Thanks for listening. might be surprised to know that not all serial killers are straight cisgender white men and the victims of true crime are not a monolith either she's wendy and i'm beth and together we host fruit loop serial killers of color a true crime podcast together we take deep dives into the true crime stories about marginalized and minoritized perps and victims that often go untold we also provide the context and nuance that these stories deserve at fruit loops we're serving up true crime with a side of history society culture and some fun. Listen to Fruit Loop Serial Killers of Color on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.